0: This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, visit us online at churchalive.net. Hey, uh, let's get into the Word. you all ready? Yeah. Are we Are ready to get into the Word? Amen. Well, look, this is our Planted series that we started last week, and uh, today we're going to continue on with that with part two. Um, I want to go ahead and give you a heads up. Some of you may say, hey, this sounds familiar. Um, I have learned, especially uh, since becoming a senior pastor, And I've learned this from uh, men who I look to as mentors, uh, spiritual fathers, that it's very important to always put the vision and the mission of your church out in front of people. You see, if you don't watch it, you'll forget why we're doing this. If you don't watch it, then you'll say, well, what's the church supposed to do? And you're like, well, have service every Sunday at 10 o'clock. No, that's not what we're supposed to do. that's, That's not it. That's part of it but we're on a mission. God's given us a vision, and we need to always keep that in front of us so that we don't get off course. Make sense? And so with that said, we're going to kind of go over that mission and vision. I'll say this as far as the vision goes. you have probably heard this in the last year or so. I try to bring it in about every year, year and a half as far as the mission goes. You've probably not heard that in a good four or five years. So we just want to kind of put this back in front of you and make sure that we're all on the same page, all getting our roots deep, moving forward and growing together. Y'all good with that? Good deal. Good deal. So yeah, last week we talked about the importance of being planted. uh, And I said this, that we need to understand that God's highest calling for us is not just to go to church, but that we need to be planted. We need to be planted. And our key scriptures for this series are Psalms 92, 12 through 15. It says, the righteous will flourish. Everybody say flourish. Flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They'll still bear fruit in old age. Amen. Yeah. They'll stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He's my rock. And then Jeremiah seventeen eight says, They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought, their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Yes. Our four main things that we covered last week as far as our different points about being planted was is that first of all, our life is a seed. Secondly, that going to church is not the same as being planted. Thirdly, that whenever you are planted, your roots grow deep. And then lastly, whenever you're planted, you produce fruit. Every one of us needs to be producing fruit in here every one of us. I've said this before. If you're a Christian and other people don't know it, there's a problem. Anytime you go to get involved in something, maybe a new job, maybe a new activity or, or hanging out with a certain group, um, a new church, you want to know what you're getting into, don't you? Amen. Right? Amen. Uh, how many of you guys like to watch the flip shows on TV like we take a house and we flip it? A lot of times what you'll, what you'll see is, is a contractor will go in And they may say, okay, the paint's terrible, the floor is hideous, whatever. But what they come out and they'll say a lot of times is, but it has good bones. In other words, we can work with this right? And sometimes it doesn't always have good bones. And so what we want to do is, is we want y'all to see what this church is made up of, what this church is about, because there are certain things that you need to know about this church. If you're going to be planted in it especially, you need to know uh, what are your roots going to get down into? If you're a seed like what we said last week, are you being put in good ground, right? Yeah. You know, what's it built on? What, what's the beliefs of this place? Does the church have a vision? Is it on a mission? Uh, you need to know questions like Does this church tithe? Now, I'm not even just talking about y'all tithing in the church, I'm talking about the church tithing into others. You see, we ask everybody here to give that tenth that the Lord asks of, but we make sure that we give at least a tenth outside of here. But does this church tithe? Does this church have accountability? If we ever get sideways, do you have people that can help keep me in check? But we all need to know what this house is about so that we can move forward together in unity. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision plainly on tablets so that the runner, the runner can carry the correct message to others, the correct message to others. We want you to have the correct message whenever it comes to the mission and the vision of this church. Amen. So let's start with our vision today, first of all. Our vision begins with Matthew 16, 18, where it says, I will build my church. Everybody say my church. That's talking about the Lord's church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. As a body of believers, I want to say this to you today. We have a privilege to be able to partner with God and build his church and build his church. We know that God calls every church, every church that's here uh, in our town, every church is called uh, to have, or to uniquely, I would say, contribute uh, to this construction by using their time and their gifts and their resources in certain ways. And we feel that church life has been called to do three things mainly, and you're probably thinking, I already know what they are. But what God's called us to do to help build his church is to love, to grow, and to lead. You've seen this around on the walls, maybe on pictures, maybe on our sign, on our logo. But we want to talk about what does this mean? Because ultimately, this is fruit bearing, just like what we talked about last week. This is us bearing fruit as a church individually as well. So there's three sub points underneath love. So let's look at those. First of all, we understand that God loves messed up people. Somebody should have shouted hallelujah right there. Because some of y'all were messed up. I was messed up before I knew the Lord, even at a young age. Amen? I was lost as a goose, just like you were, before you knew the Lord. Some of y'all have stories that are fairly extreme of how you came to the Lord. Praise God that he loves messed up people. We know what John 3.16 says, that he loved the world and he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And then Romans 5.8 says, love this scripture right here, but God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. Amen. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Amen. He died for me. Yes. Let me give you some really, 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 really good news. The Lord didn't say, get your act together and get perfect, and then I'll love you. Yes. But while we were still sinners, he loved us so much that he gave Jesus to save us. Yes. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. The second point underneath love is, is that we understand God deserves our love. Yes. Why do we love God? Because he first loved us. First John four nineteen tells us. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Say all your heart. All. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Matthew 6, 24 says that no one can serve two masters. You're going to hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You can't serve two. There can only be one that you serve. But God deserves our love. Whenever I think about what he's done for me, it blows my mind. Is anybody else that way? I mean, have you ever just really got real with yourself and looked at your flaws and looked at your attitudes and looked at your past actions and thought to yourself, I'm so grateful. Lord, I am so grateful. He deserves our love just based on sending Jesus. He's just been such a good father. The third thing is is that we love people, even messed up people. Now, this is a hard one at times. It's easy to love people who are like us. It's easy to love people in your house. It's easy to love people in your church a lot of times, but then whenever you get outside and there are certain people at work, sometimes it's not so easy to love them. Or you see people that believe different from you. It's not so easy to love them. Or you see people screaming and you think to yourself on TV. Those people have lost their mind. If you were face-to-face with them, it might not be so easy to love them. But again, God loves messed up people. And as a result, we should love messed up people as well. Is that correct? Yes. We're commanded to love others. And we have to remember that we truly were messed up before we found the Lord. John 13, 34, and 35 says, Love each other just as I have loved you. And he says, This is a commandment I've given you. Verse 35 Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. The world's gotta see love coming out of us if we're truly his disciples. And whenever we love people like that, they know that there's something different about us. Think about the Apostle Paul and the change that he went through. He went from trying to run after Christians to ultimately see them die, to all of a sudden had an encounter with God and completely turned his life around. And whenever people saw a difference in Paul, this is what they said. That's the real deal right there. He had an encounter with God, and that's what people need to see from us because of the change that we have that's going on on the inside of us. Amen? And here's the thing. We have to change the way that we see people. Listen to me now. Even whenever we don't agree with their lifestyle, even whenever we don't agree with their politics, even whenever we don't like their attitude, even whenever we feel like they are hustling us, we have got to show love to them. It doesn't mean that we approve of the lifestyle. It doesn't mean that we approve of what may be coming out of their mouth. But what it says is that we can look past their actions and see them as someone who's lost, who needs to know the Lord the same way that we found the Lord. Does that make sense? Everybody's created in God's image. And we gotta see past the opinions. We gotta see past um, their, their lifestyle. Whatever it is, I'm gonna go ahead and just tell you, and y'all know this, and I've said it here recently. This country, it seems like everybody's doing something, whether it's the media or social media or whatever, to drive a wedge in between people. I mean, people are just angry. People are just angry about everything. We've got to rise above that. Whether we're red, yellow, black, and white, everybody's precious in the sight we've got to get above that, if it's got to do with lifestyle, you know, um, I mean, there are a lot of Christians out there that are so hateful to homosexuals. Let me tell you something, God's got a plan for their life, and he wants to see him come to him. And whenever you start to love on them, and whenever they get Jesus in their life, he can turn that around. Don't ever give up on anybody. But whenever we have a hard time loving others, I want to say this, we need to spend more time with the source of love. Because we'll become more like him as a result. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from who? Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. All right, here's verse 8. But anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. Selah. So that's what we got for love, all right? The second point of our vision would be grow. Let's talk about growing. Growing is not about being stagnant, it's not limited to numbers, rather it's about moving forward, and that's individually as well as as a church. Most importantly, growth is about touching lives. It's about touching lives. Of course, numbers, that's fine whenever you see growth, uh, because the more we can reach the better, but we want to grow in three different areas, and the first one is, is what we want to grow in our relationship with God. We want to grow in our relationship with God. Luke 2 52 says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God. And Jesus knew that we needed an example uh, to follow from the very beginning. Dad's desire uh, was that this church gets strong in the word, that they grow truly in their relationship with God. Dad from the very get go. And I think he just kind of been part of that into me. I mean, I'm more of a teacher. Dad was a phenomenal teacher. Would you all not agree those of you that were part of the church back then? But but that was really dad's dad's desire to see the church grow spiritually and to get closer to God. I'll say this, and I remember this conversation coming up and dad talking about it. There are churches in America that are a mile wide. They got programs, 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 and they're about this deep. And if I were to be very open and honest with you from people that have been on staff at some of these big churches, Jerry Parsons, and others have talked to us about this. It's a revolving door at that church. It's a revolving door. People come in, they get a little bit of word, but they don't get their roots deep. They really don't grow in the Lord. And at some point, just like we talked about last week, how the seed, you know, uh, sown among the thorns and stuff, the cares of life end up kind of knocking them out. And so they're right back out. We want, we, we want there to be depth in the word here. Let me just say this. Whenever somebody is sick, we want this church to know how to pray for their healing. Everyone in this body. You don't have to say, well, let me call an elder and a pastor. No, you know how to go after it. Whenever somebody's dealing with depression in their life or whatever it is, you know how to speak to that spirit that's not of God and be able to address it. Whenever things are going on in your home that are not of God, you don't have to, again, call leadership or anything. You can say, listen, this is what the Word says, and this is how we need to go after the enemy because this isn't of God. Come on now. Men, you need to be the priest of your home. You need to have those, if you will, pastoral characteristics that are underneath your roof to where you can deal with stuff. Come on now, ladies, shout me down on that one. You need it. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 3 says, Get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Understand it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Amen? It's his goodness, but... As we get into the Word and as we start to grow, we're going to be just like children that want more to eat. Some of you ladies remember whenever you had newborns and, and the crying would just come so often. You just wanted more and more of the Lord. And we're going to hunger and we're going to crave spiritual milk. Uh, our desire is that everyone who's planted in this house truly get deeper and deeper into the word, that that their mind is renewed, that they see God for who he truly is, that they take him outside of the box. A lot of us maybe have have grown up in a church and that you felt like God couldn't do this. You felt like God didn't really want to bless you. You felt like God was waiting for you to mess up so that he could smack you. You need to understand and have a renewing of the mind. That is not the way God is. He loves you so deeply, more than you'll ever know. He wants to see you blessed in all areas of your life. Amen? So we want everyone here to be pursuing God, to be planted in this house, be in the word regularly. You've got to get in the word. You've got to get in the word. You've got to take that time, get in the word, spend some time in prayer. Here's the thing, a lack of focus will make the word unfruitful in our lives just like what we, I said earlier, just like the parable of the sower with the seed that was sown among the thorns, amen? Secondly, we grow in our relationship with our church family. 1 Corinthians 1, uh, verses 10 through 12 says this. It says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no division among you, but be perfectly united in mind and thought my brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. Another says, I follow Cephas. That's Peter. Still another, I follow Christ. So so just real quick, let me kind of give you a heads up about what this scripture was about right here. Um, Paul was saying, listen, there's kind of apparently a debate going on and some are saying, well, I found out about the Lord underneath Apollos. I found out about the Lord underneath Peter. I found out about the Lord underneath Paul. And and he's saying, let's not get all upset about this and let's not really even bring this up because it's all about Jesus. Let's put this, this little bickering, let's just put it away. It doesn't matter. It's all about Jesus and we all need to be walking together in unity forward is what he was saying there. Acts four thirty two and 33 says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Let me tell you something. The power of God can be at work in this church like never before if there's 100% unity. Even Jesus said a house against itself, it, it can't stand, right? And, and I'm not saying that we got like disunity in this church, but the more unity there is, the more God's just going to just show out in a house. Amen? Amen? But the folks, they took care of each other. They loved each other. And, and how many of you know this, that whenever it comes to folks in the church, there are needs on, on a regular basis, but a lot of times somebody just needs to be talked to and listened to. And then also, talking about this unity, we need to have a kingdom mentality in this church. Now, let's think about this. Whenever it comes to kingdom mentality, that we're not worried about titles in this church. But what we want to see done is is that everybody use the gifting that God has given them to benefit the kingdom. If there's a teaching gift on you, it needs to be used in some form or fashion. Whatever the gift is, I mean, we've talked about the different gifts, and Pastor Gerald's going to get into this uh, in about three weeks. But whatever it is, we want to see the gift that God has put on your life to be used. Because you see, whenever everybody's gift is being used, this church is more effective. Whenever everybody's gift is being used, this church is doing more for the kingdom. And that's what we need. There, there never needs to be jealousy. And I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out, okay? I'm just telling you how churches need to operate. There never needs to be jealousy uh, for the success of someone. We need to celebrate with them. Praise God for what he's doing to elevate them. Sometimes it's hard to, to celebrate whenever somebody else has been elevated and you haven't. But we always need to be in that kingdom mentality kind of mindset to where we're celebrating for others' promotion because we all grow together. The third thing is is that we grow in our relationship with our community as well. Growing in God and growing in our church body ultimately prepares us to impact our community, amen? Matthew 28, um, or in Matthew 28, Jesus says that because we're growing, we should help others to grow too. God's kingdom doesn't stand still whatsoever. Isaiah 9, 7 says, of the increase of his kingdom, there will be no end no end. Whenever God speaks, growth is a result. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Love this. Starts off by saying, you are the light of the world. Let's say this together. We're going to substitute you with I. Let's all start it together. I am the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hitting, one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. I am the light of the world. Now, here's what's great. Verse 16 says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone, everybody say everyone, Everyone. so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus reminds us that we have something others need to know about. Amen? And it's not just to keep it right here within the walls of this house, it's to spread it in this community as well. Now let's look at leading real quick. This is the third point of our vision. Lead simply means that we're to help others experience the same love and growth that we have all experienced, uh, to contribute to the same process that each one of us have experienced ourselves. Um, as we just said a second ago, we're all the light of the world, and we're told in Mark sixteen fifteen to go. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. We know that, right? So what we're talking about here, whenever it comes to leading, it's just very simple. Love and growers, steps one and two. Of course, whenever it comes to loving, you know, we realize that God loves messed up people. We realize that we love God. And then we realize that we need to love messed up people. So the whole process of love is taking place in our life and then grow We're growing in our relationship with the Lord. We're growing in our relationship with the church. We're growing in our relationship with the community. As we're doing this, we're getting stronger as believers. As others come in, we then lead them into the same process that we've experienced. Does that make sense? So we love, we grow, and then we help lead others to experience exactly what we've experienced as a result. It's a continuous cycle. So that wraps up our vision, kind of in a nutshell, to love, to grow, to lead. And now let's talk about our mission, amen? Amen. Now, let me kind of set up for you um, how the mission came about. Uh, In 2010, Dad and I, I think it was actually the first time I had ever been in front of you guys, ever teaching was with my dad. It was October the 10th, 2010. Uh, We called it Mission 310, 10, 10, 10 was the date. With all that said, um, Dad and I were driving up to the Delta weeks before that. And I just had on my mind just the whole thing about the mission of the church. Now, as an average church, we had a mission statement. Anybody work somewhere where you got a mission statement? Anybody able to spout off the mission statement of your work? All right. So here's the thing. We had a mission statement, just like a lot of churches do, just like a lot of businesses do. And and it was good. And I asked dad this question as we're driving. I said. Um, can you tell me the mission statement of the church? And dad spit it out. And I was just like, bravo, bravo. You know, because this had been set up, I mean, literally 15 years prior. And so dad was able to spit it out. and, And we started talking about the importance of the church body, all of us here, to know what the mission of the church was. And so we were going up there. I was going up to see a church that I was doing some work for and we got there, and we got there early. Like, we totally overshot how much time it would take to, to get there. And so the, the only thing in this town for breakfast was a gas station that sold chicken biscuits. I think they had, like, a Chester chicken or something, right? And, um, and so we, we just go inside, and we get a biscuit, and we just start talking. They had the little booth there. And uh, I had my laptop on me because I was going to need it. And so I just pulled it out, and we just started talking through some things. And, and with all that said, we came up with six mission points that, are, that came out of that trip that we actually uh, mentioned to the church. And a lot of y'all were, were here that day. In fact, some of those Mission 310 shirts still float around every now and then. We'll see them uh, from nine years ago. But ultimately, our vision of love, grow, and lead, it was formed from the foundation uh, for our mission. It's the, mo- it's the motivation of these six mission points. Um, and whenever we look at these points, I want to say this. These are points that apply to you. They should affect you individually, they should affect your home, but they should also affect this community and the world as well. As we go through these, I want you to understand that uh, as you're planted in this house, you're going to see these benefits in your life. The first one is to teach the Word. Everybody say teach the Word. word. To teach the Word. Now, the sub-point of this, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Mom and Regina came up with our sub-points here. It says, from the pulpit and throughout each of our ministries, our purpose is to teach the Word of God as it's written. We commit to proclaiming the uncompromising, balanced, no-nonsense Word of God. We teach God's Word because we love people, and we want them to experience God's love. We also understand that growth comes from learning to live according to the Word God has given us, and we believe that the Word helps us to lead others into relationship with Jesus Christ. You all agree with that? You know, Dad, Dad made sure that he wanted to mention the no nonsense word of God. I remember Dad saying that, that that was kind of his term, the uncompromising, balanced, no nonsense word of God. And Dad was very emphatic, and I want to say this because he was the founding pastor. I want to give honor words to do. He was very emphatic about teaching the word and not sugarcoating anything. You know, he'll, he'll tell you people need meat. I mean, of course, we start on the milk of the word and then we we build up and get on meat and the strong meat as we read about in the word. But as he said, people can't survive on cotton candy, son. A lot of cotton candy is being served out there. Some of those inch deep churches are giving you a lot of cotton candy and I'm not throwing down, but what I'm saying is is that that y'all, I think, want to grow in the word and you want us to tell you what the word says. You see, I've said this before. I'm going to stand before God someday. And I've got to give an account for how I operated as a pastor over this church. And I don't want to stand there and he says, well, you didn't do it right. Sorry to say this. I would rather offend people by what the word says than have God not happy with the way I delivered it. But with that, teach the word. Second Peter 4, 2 and three says this. It says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke exhort with great patience and instruction now here's what i want you to get right here for a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but wanting to have their ears tickled listen to me now wanting to have their ears tickled they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires we are at that point in the world how many of you know some people can't take hard preaching so we'll go get our ears tickled. We'll get a little bit of cotton candy. But a lot of people are going to hell because they're not getting the truth. If we were to be real honest. Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need the word in your life so that you can apply it in your life. It builds you up. Then 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture, everybody say all scripture. All scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God. Amen. Understand this. There are scriptures, let's say in Ephesians, for instance, that talks about some of the things we talked about, how we still have to love people even though we don't agree with a lifestyle or whatever it is. Amen. And the world's going to tell you, now, now you're hateful because uh, uh, you believe the Bible and the Bible says this is wrong. All scripture is inspired by God. Again, it's what the word says. We still love them because we want them to come around to the Lord. Amen. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Everybody say true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. This scripture will make you examine yourself, and the Holy Spirit will get in you and tell you what you're doing and right. We need that. We need that check. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Thank you, Lord. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God uses it to prepare and equip his people. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the word? So teach the word. Amen? Second point is this restore families. Restore families. Kind of our description of this is as a church, we will promote God's purpose in restoring families back to their rightful place through training in the areas of marriage, parenting, and unique issues facing broken and blended families. We believe that Christ's example of sacrificial love is designed to be mirrored in our family relationships. As we seek God's design and answer for restoration, we will grow together as a family unit and church body. Ultimately, this positions us to help others experience restoration in their lives as well. Now I wanna say this, this came in 2010. A whole lot has changed in our world since 2010. The Supreme Court said that they redefined marriage. <laughs> they never divined it from the beginning so they didn't get to redefine anything. The Lord designed marriage to be a man and a woman. Let's just go ahead and say that. And I'm not trying to get political here, but, but let us be very clear about what this church believes. With that said, there's tons of scripture about the family. Uh, again, much of it in Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians 5:25 and 26 says, Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Men, we got to love our wives. Exodus 20 and 12 says, Honor your father and your mother. Children, honor your father and your mother. That your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Amen. That your days may be prolonged. Do you understand that, that there's a result to not honoring your father and your mother? Right. The word says your days will not be long if you do not honor your father and your mother. Right. Ephesians 6 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Amen. He didn't tell your wife to be the priest of the home. He said, You bring them up. Right. Men, you bring them up. And as I said before, we believe that marriage is just between one man and one woman. Uh, if somebody was to ask, Well, would you ever marry a couple? No, a uh, gay couple. No, I won't. I'm sorry. Uh, It's just not going to happen here. And I know that there are people around this country that have tried to, if you will, put churches in a weird position to where they get the answer they don't want just so they can make a big deal out of it and bring a lawsuit, whatever. It's not going to happen. We'll all have church in my house before we'll do that in this house. You hear me? Third thing, bridge the generational gap. Bridge the generational gap. Now, I love this. We desire to see both young and old working together. Somebody say amen. Amen. Working together to spread the love of Jesus because we believe that Jesus loves all ages. We know he does. We realize that every generation offers something different to the kingdom, and our desire is to see them grow, worship, and work together. Here's the thing. We're not an old church. We're not a young church. We're the church. And I want to say this. Our more mature believers... You have so much to contribute. Yes. And as our key scriptures in this uh, series have said, you are to continue to bear fruit in your age. That's right. yeah. You are not to throw in the towel. And as we said last week, say, I've done my time. That's not the way it's meant to be. And, and whenever it comes to the mission of this church, we need you to sow into the lives of the young people. Amen. Now, I want to say this. We're always going to lean a little bit younger at this church. Listen to me now. And there's a reason why we do this, because if you're not constantly bringing in young people, your church will eventually age out and die out. Now, I know that sounds real harsh. I'm going to give you a story that I gave you nine years ago whenever Dad and I were talking about this point. Um, Y'all know that I do some sound systems on the side for churches. There was a uh, church that um, had caught on fire, and they called us and they said, can you do us a sound system in our it was a separate fellowship hall, a separate building for us to have church. It was tiny. And so we went in, we did the sound system. Then they called us back later and they said, hey, w- w- we think we're going to redo the, uh, the old sanctuary, even though it's had fire damage. And the guy told me this. He said, I wish it would have burned it to the ground. And I said, sir. And he said, I wish the fire would have burnt the church to the ground. I said, why is that? He said, we have no business in redoing this old sanctuary. He said, it's way bigger than what we need. He said, this little fellowship hall fits us perfectly. He said, Gene, we don't have anybody young at all in our church. And every year we have two or three that are dying off. We're going to be gone in the next few years. That was a very depressing conversation, I'd like to state. And I'm not even trying to be funny here. It was sad. It was sad. And they've not done anything to, if you will, youth in the church up. You know what I mean? The same song leader who was there 25 years ago is there now and he's 25 years older. And so everybody, if you will, things are just getting older as how they operate. And so there's not any young growth coming in. We have got to lean younger to to where a younger generation comes in, to where your children stay in church. That's That's the thing. Listen, it's a known fact. 70% of church kids that go to a public university don't go back to the church. And you've also heard me talk about the fact that it's also a known fact that every generation gets further and further and further away from God. That's obvious. The blind can see that. And so we've got to work extra hard and we need to keep them in church. That's why you don't need to skip church. That's why they shouldn't have to ask you, are we going to church? Yeah, we're going to church. Where else are we going to be? Because their roots need to get in here. Because you see, that's our next leaders. But leaning younger, listen to me. I'm going to ask everybody in here, be okay with the leaning younger. You may say this, I don't like the worship music. I've got a response for you. We weren't singing it for you this morning. You see, every word that was sang this morning was going straight up. We need to get over that. Again, we need to have young growth that comes into where this church just continues on. This church needs to be here should the Lord tarry in 100 years. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith and impurity. Then chapter 2 of Titus tells us how those who are mature in the word should act. Get this, Titus two four. Older men are to be tempered, dignified, sen- sensible, sound in faith, in love, and perseverance. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips. Amen. Nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. So again, the generations, we work together. Amen? We work together. Point four, we transform our community. We transform Our community. We have a fervency to minister and be shining or be a shining light in our community to our city leaders and those who protect us from harm and danger. By partnering with area churches, we desire to collectively take the love of Jesus to our communities and cities to help others grow. Let me say this if we're not making a difference in this town, in this community, there is a problem. We don't need to keep everything right here inside the walls of this church. We can have a great time, but it needs to go on the outside of these walls. Amen. I mean, here at the here at the church, we've obviously got, and I'm super excited about this. Y'all know this: the fact that we've got Renew969 that's that's literally covering our city in praise and worship and prayer and ministry 24/7. Come on, somebody. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm really happy about this week. Uh, we have John, Ricky, and Pastor Gerald who are going to be going and feeding our firemen Tuesday night. Uh, John's going to share a word with them, right? John, is that right? Are you going to preach revival Tuesday night at the uh, the fire department meeting? But no, we want to we want to make a difference in our community. Amen. Uh, whether it's uh, you know praying for our city officials, whether it's literally doing prayer walks on Main Street, which we've done, whether it's By the way, it's not in McGee, but supporting the Center for Pregnancy Choices, whether it's praying that that abortion mill in Jackson, Mississippi goes away. Come on now. We need to be making a difference in our city, whether it's supporting the Gideons like we did last week, whether it's benevolence ministry that we do, whether it's uh, the years that we ministered at Gateway, the men in our church who did, uh, who are awesome. Whatever it is, evangelism, we need to be making a difference in this city and every person in this room can be part of that. Amen. Luke 24:47 says repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. What does it mean? It needs to start right here. It needs to start in your neighborhood. It needs to start on your road. The fifth thing today is unifying cultures. Unifying cultures. We are a diverse church that desires to unify all races and cultures in our local area and around the world. We have a passion to see all people sharing in God's love, growing and showing others how to worship and serve in the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Genesis 127 says, And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Romans 10, 12 then drops one on us. It says, for there is no difference. Everybody say no difference. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. I want to say this big gene, my dad, whenever we came back in the mid nineties to start this church, it was actually 93 that we moved back. That was dad's desire to have a church that, can I just be honest with you? What in a white church. Whenever we moved to Florida, I assure you, that's what it was here. It was black church and white church. And and whenever we were down there, as y'all know, we were in Florida. uh, That's whenever the Lord really started to work on us. We got involved in a church that was just a phenomenal teaching ministry. And mom and dad went to new levels in the same way as we talked about teaching the word. We got underneath a pastor that it was kind of like drinking out of a fire hydrant every service. It was just like, holy cow. And so mom and dad went to new levels in the Lord. And so whenever the dad finally stopped running from God and said, okay, I'm ready to do it. Uh, you know, the Lord sent him here. But one thing that he came with was a desire to see what we went to church with in Florida, which was unity among the different cultures, among the different races. And, and if I were to just go ahead and tell you, whenever we got here, that wasn't extremely accepted. It really wasn't, because we were the only game in town who was open to it at the time. Others may say they were, but I think we were the only church that, was, uh, that, that was, had a little bit of both. And I'll say this, Elder Funchess and Miss Bobby, y'all were with us basically within a year of us starting. So early, Dad had his desire, like, you have no idea how happy he was, because it was just like, <clears throat> we prayed for this, you know? And, and then this great couple's been with us now for 25 years. Yeah, yeah, praise God. Uh, both of our, our, our elders uh, and their wives have been with us 25 years, so that's awesome. But um, with all that said, let me give you, give you a quick story of how, dad, uh, how God changed his heart. It's a pretty funny story. So we moved to Florida back in the 80s, mid-80s, and dad was just a good old Mississippi redneck with normal Mississippi prejudices and everything that comes along with that. And we go down, and uh, Dad gets involved in the men's ministry, and it's a good-sized church. And the first week that they're there, they say, listen, we're going to pair you guys up, and you're going to become prayer partners, whoever we pair you with. And every morning, you need to call each other and pray with each other. Well, Dad got paired up with a guy who had just moved to Orlando from Detroit named Dwayne Broom, who was not white. (laughs) And here's what's awesome. Dad was like, oh, man. And Dwayne was like, oh, man. And I can remember for years, getting up and going to get ready for school, that dad would be uh, at the table, and we had the old cordless phone where you pull the antenna out, and he would be praying with Dwayne, and they did this for years. And Dwayne was very open with dad. He moved to Florida not really crazy about white people. Dad moved to Florida not really crazy about black people, and God did a change in both of their hearts, and both of them ended up becoming senior pastors. Isn't that awesome? And it's just amazing what the closer you get to God, as we said earlier with our vision, whenever we get closer to the source of love, he can just change how we've been indoctrinated, how we've been taught. God can just mess all that up. Man, we're so glad to see what God's doing here, the unity among the cultures. Amen? Aren't you happy that we're in this place? Amen. We want to unify cultures here. Lastly, uh, Number six here, we want to impact nations. We want to impact nations. We're a church that strategically connects with others outside our walls to proclaim the gospel around the world. We desire to send members from our church body to minister, assist, and partner with missionaries around the world. We believe that God's love should be experienced by everyone, and everyone should have the chance to grow and lead. I think it's awesome that grow and lead are included in this ministry point that came years ago. Uh, Psalms ninety-six, three says this, tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the people. Jesus tells us again, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We need to make a difference in our community, but we also need to go, as Jesus said, uh, to the other nations. Um, we have just so you know, in case you're new to the church. We have a number of missionaries that we support every month. Pam cuts some checks every month. There's never any question. Uh, I get in touch with them all at the beginning of the year and tell them we're going to continue our support for this full year, and they're going to get a check no matter what. And, and thankfully, God's honored that, and we've never come up short whenever it's time to send them a check. Amen? Uh, whenever you guys are all buying coffee or water before service, understand that 100% of that is going to them, right? And, and so... Uh, you're, you're just helping them to spread the gospel. So with that said, we have ministry opportunities for folks that want to do missions, trip through NR, missions trips through NRP. Like, for instance, they have three coming up this next summer. Uh, if you want to be part of that, we'd love to team with you um, and partner with you to get you there. And we have a desire, though, to, of course, make a difference here, but also it, do what the Lord said and go. To go to all the nations. All right. You all good with that? Just thinking about it, uh, we're in Spain, we're in China, we're in Colombia, India, Bulgaria, Israel, there's others, I can't remember. But yeah, we're, y'all, y'all just know that Church Alive is helping keeping people on the mission field all throughout the world. Talking about the end of times, Jesus says in Mark, uh, it's Mark 13, 10, it says, the gospel must first be preached to all nations. We need to have the word preached to all nations, and we need to be part of that, amen? If y'all would stand with me this morning. We talked about loving this morning, about growing, about leading. We talked about our mission points of everything from teaching the word to the family, unifying cultures, impacting nations, uh, transforming our community. Um, Can we all just pray that this morning that we all move forward together, accomplishing the mission and the vision that God's called us to do. As we read in Acts whenever they were all in unity, God really showed up. And let's all just agree that as a church, we're going to accomplish everything that the Lord has called this church to do. Can we do that today? Come on, just agree with me today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, what you've called us to do. Father, we thank you for the assignment that's been given to us. And so, Lord, right now, just as pastor of this house, Father, I just speak that every gift and talent that you've planted in this church body, God, it's going to be used for the kingdom. Lord, just like what we read earlier, Father, we're not going to hide our light, but Lord, we're going to shine it. Father, we're going to uh, let others see what you've done for us, God, because of our good deeds, Father. Lord, that they're going to know us by our love. Lord, they're going to look at us and say there's something different about those people right there, Father. And Lord, I just pray that God, those callings and the stirrings that you've put in us, Father, Lord, the gifts that, Lord, that right now, God, you just start to give people the courage to step out to use them. Lord, we need to make a difference in our community. Father, we need to make a difference in our homes, Father. Lord, in the world as well. Father, we just pray that, Lord, whenever it comes to our vision, Lord, that we love others the way that you love us. Father, we thank you for your amazing love for us. Lord, you loved us, God, even though we have messed up so much. God, you gave Jesus to die for us, and we're so grateful. Lord, I pray for just growth, Father, to happen in this church, Lord, that we're so hungry for for more milk, Father, and more meat of the word, God, to get stronger in you, Lord. Lord, to where we can make a difference in the lives of others, God. And Lord, we can all lead others, Lord, through the same process that we've experienced today. Father, I just pray, God, that, Lord, the word is never compromised in this church. Lord, in every ministry underneath Father, the umbrella of Church Alive, God, that it preaches, Lord, truly an uncompromised word. Lord, we may not always be popular by what we say from the pulpit, God, but, Lord, we're just giving them what your word says, Father. And Lord, I pray that we always stick with it, God. Lord, I pray that lives are changed as a result, Father. Lord, I pray for the families in this church, God, that, Lord, we're going to be stronger than ever before, that men are going to step up and truly be the priests of their home, Father, that they're going to lead the way they're supposed to. Lord, that marriages will get stronger. Lord, that that children will fall in line, God, with, uh, Lord, with their parents, Father. There will not be disrespect there, God. But, Lord, families will walk in unity in Jesus' name. And, Father, right now, I just speak over any homes in this church, Lord, where there's a spouse that's not serving you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you go after them right now and touch hearts. And, God, we call them into the kingdom of God right now. Lord, we call them into the kingdom of God right now, Father. Lord, there needs to be unity, God, between husband and wife, Father, that they're both walking with you, God. And Lord, they're raising children, Father, in a godly home. And so, Holy Spirit, whenever, wherever that's the case, go after them in Jesus' name. And God, we, we, we claim them for the kingdom. If that's you, you just start to mention their name right now. Father, we claim them for the kingdom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, we pray that, Lord, just the races, Father, the different cultures in this church, Lord, (coughs) Lord, truly, Father, we're gonna help bring unity in our town, God, because of the unity that's in this church among the cultures, God. Lord, we pray that that continues on, Lord. Lord, we pray that the wedge that's trying to be driven, Lord, between the races in this town, Father, that we rise above it, God. Father, that we rise above it. It will not affect us, God. It will not affect our way of thinking, God. Lord, that we love the way that you love, God. Lord, that we grow closer to the source of love, to you, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for our community, Father. Lord, that truly there is a revival that starts in our community, God, that there's a unity that starts in our community, God, that the churches will truly work together, Father. Lord, that there's not any desire, Father, of churches to work together for their own benefit, but God, it's for the kingdom, Father, that we'll work together. Lord, we pray for our city officials, Father. Lord, with the runoff elections that are coming up Tuesday, Father, right now we pray that, Lord, the right ones for the positions will go into office Tuesday night. Father, that we all vote, and Lord, we vote the way that you tell us to vote, God. Lord, as some big elections come up, Father, even in November, Father, for our state, and Lord, around the country as well, God, we just pray that, Lord, we vote the word and do exactly as you please, or that you desire, Father. Lord, I pray that the generational gap in this church, God, it'll always be bridged. Father, that we truly, Father, see the younger crowd, God, remain in church. Father, it's been a problem. Lord, they're falling out of church. God, they need to to be in church. God, Lord, the giftings and the callings that you have for them, Lord, need to be used. And so, God, right now, we just pray, Lord, that you just continue to bridge that. that. Father, our more mature believers, God, they'll sow into the lives of the younger as well. Lord, let everyone under this roof today, God, continue to bear fruit as we've been reading in the word, Father. Lord, at no point, Father, do we feel like we can just kick it in neutral or kick it in part, God, that we continue to move forward in bearing fruit. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for the nations. Father, we pray for the nations. God, there's so many out there, Lord, that that are being touched by our missionaries that we've sent out from this church, God, and that we support. And Lord, we pray that you just protect them. Lord, we pray that, God, you just provide for them what they need. Lord, that, uh, Holy Spirit, you just show them exactly uh, what they're supposed to do, how to go about, Father, bringing in that great harvest. And Lord, we just pray that, God, uh, again, your protection is all around them. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that there's just gonna be a great revival, Lord, in The nations, Father, all the nations, God, that we're supporting right now. And Lord, in our country as well, God, we need that. We need that. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, we thank you for what you're doing in church life. God, we're honored to be able to partner together, Lord, to build your church. Lord, let us never forget that, God, it's your church. No one else's, but, Father, it's your church. And, Lord, it's a privilege for us to be able to work together, God, to build it. Father, we thank you for it. And if you agree, can you say amen? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand, amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amison. We invite you to visit us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or find us on the radio at 11 a.m. on Renew 96.9.